Before you are seated, first of all, Pastor Don, was he raptured? Okay, he might have been. Where you at? Where you at? My brother. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Amazing. And I do mean brilliant. Amazing. Wow. Uh, where were the potholes in America? I'm sorry, where? It wasn't Florida, baby. You know what I'm saying? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. One of my best friends in the entire world, uh, the bishop from Australia, Pastor Russell Evans, is in the house, so I want to honor him. And I want to do it again. I did it last night, and it's not because it's part of the protocol and the polity. I was telling Pastor Ott yesterday over dinner, you know, you're not just like, the influence is not just South Africa or Africa. Sir, you are one of the most influential Christian leaders on planet Earth. You really are. And I know South Africa, this nation, by faith in the name of Jesus, because of prophetic, not pathetic, prophetic leadership, biblically substantiated, Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered leadership, this nation will shift towards righteousness and justice, truth and love. But I do believe the influence is going to go way beyond South Africa. There's a continent and a world that will be impacted even more and more by the mantle of anointing, by your courage and your fortitude. I kid you not. So, sir, I honor you. I love you. I respect you. Help me honor the best pastor on the planet, Pastor Ron Balsall. Pastor Noreta. Before you're seated, please high five three people. Tell them I'm on my way to Rome. Tell them like you believe it. Tell them I'm on my way to Rome. High five. Tell somebody, come hell or high water. I'm on my way to Rome. I'm on my way to Rome. I'm on my way to Rome. There is an anointing born out of adversity that empowers you to change the world. There is an anointing born out of adversity that enables you, that empowers you to change the world. Now, this is, of course, Acts 27 and Acts 28. We have to just give a little synopsis for Bluefontaine and those that are streaming in that were not here yesterday. Number one, if you're taking any notes, and good luck with that, just digressing here a bit. Your destiny is not based on what's in front of you. Your destiny is based on who's inside of you. Number two, the storm does not define you. The storm reveals who you really are. Number three, what we lost will not hinder what we will conquer. Even without that ship, you are still going to make it. And everyone in your ship will make it. Repeat after me, everyone in my ship will make it. The power to let go is equally as important as the power to hold on. There is no such thing as plan B Christianity. Live like none of the pages are missing. And God does great things with broken pieces. The purpose of God is greater than the brokenness of man. Acts chapter 28, let's read it one more time. One safely on shore, we're talking about the Apostle Paul's journey to Rome, his God-ordained Acts 23 verse 11 assignment. 
When safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and he put it on the fire. As a result, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and su suffered no ill effects. The anointing born out of adversity empowers you to change the world. Paul gathered a pile of wood and then driven by the heat, a viper came out. You gotta visualize this again. It is a Netflix series, it's beautiful. Imagine Paul, they just survived the storm, a shipwreck, holding on to pieces of broken wood. They make it to Malta. Imagine Paul drenched, and I mean completely drenched. He stucks up a fire, puts up the fire, the heat intensifies, and then a viper jumps out. Visualize that. Paul drenched, soaking drenched, starts a fire, and a viper jumps out. I want you to hear me carefully. The viper was driven out, according to the Bible, by the heat. I'm going to repeat that for the hearing impaired. The viper did not casually come out to drink a latte. The viper was driven out by the heat. I'm here to tell you, be careful what you ask for. Because the moment I love churches talk about revival fire, be careful what you're asking for. Because wherever there is fire, the vipers will be exposed. I'm going to say that one more time. Wherever there is fire, the vipers will be exposed. If in your life recently certain things are popping out, instead of whining and complaining and getting into a fetal position and sucking your thumb, you should be rejoicing. Wherever there is fire, wherever the fire of the Spirit of God is present, the vipers will not be able to hide. Oh, you're not hearing that right now. Can I speak prophetically over South Africa? I need you to get ready. The vipers are about to be exposed in this nation. There is a church on fire with the Spirit of God. I said there is a church on fire with the Spirit of God. And wherever there is Holy Spirit fire, the vipers will be exposed. The fire intensifies. Wherever there is revival fire, the vipers will be exposed. Wherever the fire of awakening is present, the vipers and the snakes will be exposed. It's Matthew 3:11. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and it's Hebrews 12. Our God is not just any God. He is a consuming. Oh, I believe that we're about to see the fire intensify. A church on fire will prompt the vipers to be exposed. Come out, come out wherever you are. So all of a sudden, he's drenched and a viper pops out. Imagine Paul's face. Imagine that. He just survived a shipwreck, a nor'easter. The ship literally fell apart. Those that did not know how to swim held on to planks. Imagine Paul drenched Starts a fire, all of a sudden, whoop, and a snake pops out. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's, it's important to know what Paul did not do. 
Paul did not talk to it. <laughs> Having conversations with demons. Oh boy. Paul did not panic. He did not embrace a cynical view of the world. Paul did not become a perpetual victim. You'll miss that. You'll get that tomorrow morning. Everyone is easily offended. Everyone is a victim. Everyone is traumatized. Can I, can I declare your trauma is about to become your testimony? Stop talking about your trauma already. Go through it. Go through the process. Be healed. Amen. If you need a therapist, make sure they're Christ-centered and spirit-empowered. Don't go to any therapist. But miss, for, for the love of God, stop saying, look what the devil did. And start shouting, look what the Lord has done. Somebody testify. Open up your mouth and shout. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done in my body. Look what the Lord has done in my mind. Look what the Lord has done in my family. Look what the Lord has done in my children and my children's children and my children's children's children. Look what the Lord has. Paul easily could have adapted easily adopted a cynical view of the world. Like, God, are you kidding me? First of all, I'm going as a prisoner. Then the ship fell apart. Then we're holding on to pieces of wood. And now you permit esta locura que salga aquí del fuego. Nope. He didn't embrace it or tolerate it. He did what? He shook it off. In other words, let me put this in context. Do you know who I am? That snake jumped up and grabbed a hold of the wrong hand because Paul went through a process. I need you to know. In other words, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not who I used to be. Some of you have been through a process. You don't think the way you used to. You don't react the way you used to. You don't talk the way you used to. You don't pray the way you used to. If that snake would have jumped off years before, things may have been different. But this is not just Paul. This is the survivor Paul. This is the Paul that's been through hell. This is the Paul that's been beaten. This is the Paul that lost a ship. This is the Paul that swam ashore. This is the Paul that seen it all. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the new you. You're a new creature. There is something about the new you. I want you to know you're not who you used to be. Everything you've been through in life has prepared you for this hour. Everything you've been through in life, all the hell you've been through has prepared you for this hour. Every attack from the pit of hell has prepared you for this hour. Everything. You're not who you used to be. I wish you would get that right now. There's something about the new you. The devil can't stand the new you. I said the devil can't stand the new you. I sense the anointing. The enemy can't stand the new you. The new you cannot be stopped. The new you cannot be held back. The new you is not a victim. The new you is a conqueror. The new you is the devil's worst nightmare. 
The new you is to save you. The new you is to heal you. The new you is to bless you. The new you is the anointed you. The new you is the holy you. The new you is the devil rebuking, demon binding, water walking, mountain moving you. Are there any new creations in the house here today? If that's you, look at your neighbor, tell them, I've been through my storm. I've been through my shipwrecks. And through it all, God was faithful. Tell your other neighbor, neighbor, I'm not who I used to be. Through it all, God provided. Through it all, God protected. Through it all, God promoted. I discovered that he makes everything work together for the good of those who love him and are called. Hey! Romans 8, 28. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. Through it all. I grabbed the hold of the promise that if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Through it all, I discovered that nothing, I said nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. If you believe that and you're grateful for everything you've been through because you have learned. Hey, there is an anointing born out of adversity that enables you to shake everything hell sends your way through it all. I love that. Hey, Mr. Viper, you attacked the wrong person, sunshine. Because I carry an anointing that was born out of adversity. My anointing did not arrive from Amazon.com. My anointing fell upon me in the midst of a storm. It was born in a shipwreck. An anointing that enables me to shake off everything hell sends my way. I'm not who I used to be. Oh, I... I have given you authority to walk over all snakes and scorpions. You will be able to destroy all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you, Luke 10, 19. They will fight you, but they will fail. The Bible doesn't say the snakes will never come after you or the vipers will never come after you or the critics will never come after you or the liars will never come after you. No, they will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah 1.19. Survivors are not afraid of snakes. Shipwreck survivors are not threatened by what comes out of the fire. Because when you survive the storm and overcome a shipwreck, the snakes that jump out of the fire can do absolutely nothing to you. If you receive that, raise your hand. Your prayer, whatever the enemy does, listen carefully, watch this list. Your prayer will stop him. Your praise will confuse him. Your peace will paralyze him. Your integrity will disarm him. And your resistance will make him flee. Oh, through it all, through it all, through it all. It's just, 
you got to be able to shake it off. Because the moment that anointing is there, you, it, it's unstoppable. You can't stop. Once the fire is present, the things are going to be exposed because they can't take the heat. And the, but all you got to do is just don't analyze, don't go into this psychotherapeutic biopsychosocial analysis. Just take it, boom, where it will never pop up again. And because the Holy Spirit, the moment is, I don't, how can I, oh boy. How can I put this? South Africa, I need you to, to get ready. I wrote some stuff down because it, we're about to grab a hold of the viper of, of wokeism and perpetual victimization of identity fluidity. The vipers coming after our children with ideologies and social constructs, poisoning them on issues of race, sex, and gender. We're about to pick up every viper coming out of South Africa and we're not going to look at it, analyze it. We're not going to create some sort of justificational framework for it. I kid you not. Prophetically speaking, I'm going to tell you what I saw today. We're going to grab every viper and we're going to throw it into the fire of God. You're about to grab a hold. I sense the Holy Spirit. You're about to grab a hold of every viper coming against your children, your family, your home, your calling, your generation, your community. We're about to grab a hold of every viper attacking the millennial generation, Generation Z, Generation Alpha, and we're not going to cast them into the fire in the name of Jesus. If you're ready to do that, raise your hand. We're going to cast because you're not who you used to be. I said, you're not who you used to be. You're not who you used to be. And, and we, we, we begin by casting out, by grabbing a hold of the vipers that attack our minds. Because the greatest vipers that can actually threaten, vipers, snakes, they either strangle or they poison. That's the modus operandi. Strangulation takes more of a process. It's more whimsical and nuanced, but it achieves the same objective. Hmm. That's just drip, drip, drip indoctrination. Through media, through educational means. The idea is just to, to lock down churches in perpetuity, to turn down the fire of, the, of revival and awakening and truth of grace and love of Jesus. I don't want to get controversial here. I don't, so help me. But so last year through the video I sent, I cross-referenced this briefly, but it's nothing like being here live and in person because it got even worse after I sent the video. We, it, it, I come, from, as you know, from California, and that explains the craziness. And some of you know, because I, I talked about it last year briefly, but it got even worse. We had to go legal and go Supreme Court on this. The governor of my state during the COVID lockdown, did something no other governor in American history has ever done. And, and if we're streaming or we're recording this, so for, for God bless my governor. <laughs> bless your heart. So the governor of my state, who has really nice hair, um, he, he Googled this, make sure I'm not making it up. He, in the middle of COVID, he said, for the beginning, he said, churches are not essential, not important, lock them down, you can't meet. He, yeah, we expected that because it's California. But then he went, he even went, I mean, he even went so radical, so radical, that even China went, you went too far. <sighs> and <laughs> so he, he literally said, by executive order, 
I hereby decree, not only can you not meet in churches, but you are hereby forbidden, prohibited, from having any gathering in your home. Watch this. With family or friends, where you do the following things. Pray, praise, worship, sing, or chant. It was the chanting part that killed the Rodriguez's. Because we wake up every morning and we go, ah. Uh. That's what happens. And the majority of pastors didn't go like, what? No. Some of them acquiesced and I have no qualms. I'm not criticizing them. Whatever you do, you, don't be you actually. But, but my point is, it, was, it became, we're, we're, we're recording this? Great. Hey, cameraman, give me a tight shot. I just want to make it clear, South Africa. There's not a president, a prime minister, a parliament, a congress, a supreme court. There's not a government on earth that will ever have the power to stop the Holy Spirit from moving. You can't stop the Holy Spirit from moving. You can't stop the hope. Somebody prays like you know what I'm talking about. You can't stop Jesus from being exalted. You can't stop the gospel from being preached. You can't stop the anointing. You can't stop the glory. You can't stop the love of God, the truth of God. Somebody shout like the viper is going into the fire. All right, let's do this. Real quick today, grab a hold of the snake, right there, where you're at, right there where you're at, grab a hold of the viper. This is wham, bam, thank you, Sam, real quick today. <laughs> grab a hold of the viper. Grab a hold of the viper. Ooh. Every viper in our generation, every viper in the culture, <laughs> every viper of addiction, of bondage, of sin, of captivity, of lukewarmness. Every viper coming after our children and our children's children. This is the last day, baby. We are about to cast this viper into the fire that will consume it in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you in every sphere of influence from church to business to, uh, to media and arts and entertainment to science and innovation, the marketplace, we are about to see the vipers burn in the name of Christ by the authority of God's children rising up. All right, so grab it, go ahead. I'm gonna count to three. I sense the power of God. I sense the power of God. Woo. I sense the power of God. Oh. I told you the vipers, the vipers that begin. Not just those here. Don't you dare confront the vipers in the world unless you have first confronted the vipers in your mind. 
There are thoughts that come to poison your purpose and strangle your God-ordained dream. And I want to remind you, the battle was between your mind and your mantle. The battle was between your mind and your mantle. The battle was between the thoughts that run through your head and the calling of God upon your life. The true battle was between anointing and anxiety. The true battle was between drama and destiny. The true battle was between your memories and your imagination. But how many, how many here don't feel, think, hope? How many know the battle has already been won? First Corinthians 15, 57. Christ is my victory. So grab a hold of it right now. Vipers that have emerged with a multi-generational agenda of bondage that have kept your family down. We're casting every viper into the fire of God's consuming truth. Every lie of the enemy will be consumed in the fire of God's glory and presence. Are you ready? Tell your neighbor, give me some space. I got a couple of vipers here. These are not garden snakes, baby. I got a couple of boas here. I got a couple of cobras here. I got things that came out to poison me, to strangle me, but here I am. Here I am. Here I am. By the way, the Bible says what? The Bible says what? The people expected him to swell up and die. They expected him to die, but he didn't. Let me declare prophetically, this season you're stepping into will be the season of surprise, surprise, surprise. You're not hearing that. South Africa, get ready to surprise the world. Get your family, your church, your anointing, your career. Get, get ready to surprise the world. Somebody shout surprise. 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 Are you ready? Acts 28.6, there it is. I'm believing that in this season you will surprise those that expected you to swell up and die. And instead of dying, you will thrive. Grab it. The, the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. Grab it. Knowing, knowing that the time you spend in God's presence will determine your capacity to manage God's promise. Get ready, grab it. Just like what happened in Malta, the people you prayed for are about to become the people you pray with. Can I say that one more time? The people you've been praying for are about to become the people you pray with. Hey! Grab it. Grab it. Don't overthink it. Just grab it. Because sometimes it's the overthinking that impedes the overcoming. Grab it. Don't sell out. Paul could have easily said, I, I'm not, I, this is way too much. Deuces, I'm out. I'm just, I'm not going to Rome. I'm going to London. We must never sell out the gospel. 
Grab it. We must never exchange truth for followers. We must never exchange truth for followers, sound doctrine for likes, and the message of the cross for a message of comfort. Grab it. Isaiah 43, 19. I'm about to do something new. Here it is. You're about to surprise the world. South Africa surprise. Africa surprise. America surprise. Australia surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Are you ready? You have your viper? You have your many vipers? You ready? Um, up. Snakes. Up. Up. Somebody help me out here. Does anybody know what, what part did the snake grab a hold of? The foot? The ankle? The neck? The what? The hands and um, um, verse 8, Acts 28. The political most influential leader in Malta, his father, ate too much nachos and had issues. He had dysentery and fever. I'm not saying there were Mexican nachos because that's slightly racist. You were nachos. The Bible says Paul went in and prayed for him, laying, laying his what? Oh, snap. The same area that the viper attacked is the same area that God used to bring about his glory. You're not hearing me. Whatever hell attacked in your life, get ready. It will be the same area where God's glory will shine the most. Are you ready? The same area. The same area. All right, grab it. No joke now. At the count of three, we're going to put her into the fire. Pastor, can you come up here real quick and do this with me? I want you to grab a hold of the vipers that have emerged and they are being exposed in South Africa because the fire of God's glory, when that consuming fire, when the fire of God's sovereignty, of God's truth and love, when the fire of his spirit is present, the vipers have to be exposed. We should worry when the vipers are not coming out. We should worry when things are not popping up. It means that they're hiding, that they're poisoning in silence, that they're strangling in silence. But they come out because the fire intensifies. CRC, the fire of God in South Africa. Why do you see things popping up? Are you ready? Can you do me a favor? Can you grab the viper of corruption? I feel the Lord right now. Grab the viper of perpetual victimization. Grab the viper that wants to make a God out of race and gender for generations to come. I want to rewind everyone here. Before you're white and before you're black, you are a child of God, a Christian filled with the power of God.
so let's do it. The viper of pedophilia and sexual grooming coming after our children. The vipers in South Africa, grab a hold of them. Those that are personal in your family. Matter of fact, your right hand, grab a personal one. Vipers that have attacked your family historically. And on your left hand, go corporate. Go big. And, and grab a hold of a viper attacking your generation. At the count of three, I don't, I don't, by the way, at the count of three, I don't want you to go like, hmm. I want you to take that viper and I want you to throw it into the fire. No, it will, the moment Paul put it back, that sucker never came back again. So get ready. Are you ready? At the count of three, we're going to chuck, there's going to be a breakthrough here with measurable outcomes in the name of Jesus. And if in the next few days you hear in the news here in South Africa, a bunch of corruption is exposed, give God some praise and start worshiping. Are you ready? One, two, and when you do it, give God the greatest praise you've given him in the past three years because the fire is in your praise. One, two, three. Africa! Yes! Yeah, 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 Pastor, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the Lord will continue to exponentially multiply. Sir, God has anointed you to be the head and not the tail, to continue to lead. But the platforms, the facilitative platforms where you can communicate and speak to church and culture. You are a cultural reformer, a societal architect. You're not the normal pastoral cup of tea. You are both vertical and horizontal. You are both righteousness and justice. You are both sanctification and service. You, you oh, um, let me just declare by faith through Christ in South Africa. Let me use American context. I'm an American, so I have to use the lens of my context. In this country, you will reconcile Billy Graham's message with Dr. King's march. You will be known as the pastor of righteousness and justice and truth and love. Oh! Huh. South Africa, get ready! Somebody shout, I'm on my way to Rome! I'm on my way to Rome! I'm on my way to Rome! Let me bless you. Heavenly Father, bless every single person here. Solidify this message in perpetuity for generations to come. Mark every heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Every single person here has a Rome assignment. Rome represents destiny. God ordained purpose. 
Lord, we believe by faith that everyone here will reach their destination. They will fulfill their assignment, which is to take the gospel of Jesus to the, not only the ends of the earth, to absolutely everyone we ever encounter. And we declare that everyone we ever meet will experience the vicarious atoning finished work of Christ through our testimony and lives. So Lord, activate this on my way to Roman anointing. We are all shipwreck survivors. We're all storm survivors. And any viper that has the audacity to come out towards us, we will cast it into the fire of God's consuming truth. And the same area the enemy has been attacking will be the same area that will shine for the glory of Jesus. If you receive this word, give them the final shout of praise for this session. Somebody shout, I'm on my way to Rome! I'm on my way to Rome. So do it. Innovation, ingenuity, creativity, do it. Listen to God. Go beyond comfortable Christianity. Listen to the Spirit of God. Go change the world. May the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, make this season the most productive season of your life. South Africa, let's do one thing together. In the name of Jesus, Colossians 3.17, for the glory of Christ, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Let's do one thing together. Let's go change the world. God bless you and God keep you.